The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaos. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I am your keeper, Keeper Michael, and I have assembled my cast of investigators who are going to continue their adventures through Masks of Nyarlathotep. Uh, we are in the England chapter, and our investigators after that, somewhat raised and and uh, almost unbelievable ending in the north of England, have returned back to London. And uh, I want to make sure we get uh, cast introductions uh, in. So uh, to my right. This is Lonnie. I'm playing Lawrence Edward Oliver Forsyth. And uh, yeah, we found out that uh, everything that was in the scoop up north, well, that was just fake news. Not not entirely accurate, I, I would agree. Uh, to uh, To Lonnie's right. I'm Morgan. I play Lillian Lane, and we are thankfully back in civilization. Hmm. Yes, a place to get your hair done, have a wonderful meal, perhaps even have some creature comforts like, you know, comfortable bed and whatnot. Absolutely. To Morgan's right. This is James. I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund Tartenbach, and I think I've had enough creature comforts. Thank you. Yes, uh, you've had some uh, creature uh, uncomforts, actually, come to think of it. Uh, as we uh, left uh, the good doctor, he is healing up as best he can after a wicked, wicked wound in the uh, Derbyshire cave. Uh, and then to the doctor's right. This is Tiffany. I play Maeve O'Shea, and um, I, I have a new friend. <laughs> oh, is that what you're calling it? A new yep. friend? It didn't eat me, so I, I think that qualifies as a friend. Mm, um, yeah, I mean, it's at least a neutral party. And uh, last but most certainly not least. Uh, this is Alex. I'll be playing Simone Boulanger, and uh, I'm seriously considering a new occupation. Yeah, it, you, honestly, it's probably not a bad idea. Okay, we're going to lift the curtain tonight uh, at the uh, Investigators Hotel in, in downtown London near Waterloo Station. And we enter the room, uh, recovery room, of one Dr. Sigmund Tottenbach, who has, uh, as best he can, taken it easy these past few days in hopes of uh, recovering from a very grievous wound. Attending to him and keeping him company with all of her uh, books and um, occultic knickknacks and possibly um, mythos-inspired devices is one Maeve O'Shea. So we'll uh, lift the curtain there. Uh, it's late afternoon. It's getting on to about dinner time, and uh, a tray of food has been brought up for the doctor so that he might gain his strength. And it's getting close to time to change his head bandages again. So we'll lift the scene there. Ah, uh, wunderbar. I was actually getting hungry. Good. Do you need to eat? Well, I. You've been taking very good care of me. Don't shame, Fräulein. What do we have here? Is it chops? Hmm. Delicious. Come, have a sip. I will uh, sit down with the doctor. As uh, I'm also going to be looking at that thing that Jack brought back to the room, too. Sure. Yeah, it's rather fascinating. It's uh, 
It's about a meter or so long. It looks like it's made of stone. At each face, it's a um, long rectangle with almost a, not a pyramidal top, but it has multiple faces on on the side. So one is four faces, one on each side. And it seems to go to a tip, almost as if they're all wearing the same hat. Uh, and then on each face, there are beings in different positions. So roughly humanoid figures. Uh, and then the humanoid figure that is at the top and on all four sides has uh, some, uh, it has its arms sometimes crossed. Uh, sometimes they're in a almost a, a hieroglyphic sort of gesture. But this is definitely not Egyptian in any regard. It's uh, It feels almost like first men sort of stonework. Hmm. Well, then I can reference it in... Uh... Or you could. People of the Monolith, maybe? Yes, that one. I hand it to her. Is that the one bound in flesh? Uh, yes. Oh, sweet. Your fondness for this book is, um... Interesting. I must say. Well, it, it appears that this um, artifact comes from the first men, which this book talks about beings and things like that. So if uh, that is correct, then I may find a reference with this book. I, I agree it's not the best of books, but it's what I have. It seems like it would be a valuable resource. Flip through the pages for a moment. you find anything else at the scoop? Know that we had found the article, of course, that Jackson Elias was worried about. Seem to think that you had found something else. Oh, um... No, but... It was when I was talking to Dr. Pierce. I got a lead on my father. Oh, yeah? What was this? Uh, apparently, there used to be a spiritualist gathering place here that is no longer open. However, the person that was the head of it, Mr. Walter, is that his Walters, name? Walters, yeah. Yeah. I know where he's at. I know where he lives, so I can possibly talk to him about my father and when he last saw him, where he was headed to. So, there's that. Tell me more about your father. Um, not to sound too stereotypical, but tell me a little more about your father. You don't speak to him, speak about him very much about any of them very much but, um, my father went missing when I was about 14 oh I'm sorry to hear that that's a very young age for someone to lose their father yeah or to lose any parent I know this I lost my sister when I was quite young she unfortunately she drowned some things you never really over. You just learn to live with it. Well, I think very much like Jackson Elias, in a lot of ways, um, my father was looking into things and things and how never made it back home. And mom didn't take it very well, so no. it's why she is where she is. Yeah. Fortunate. Well, I think since we are back in town, as it were, I think we should do some, what is it that Jack says, sleuthing? Yes. Let me see if I can find reference to this first. So if I can leave some clues for everybody else, I definitely want to go talk to Sir Walters. Well, um, let me change, if you don't mind helping my head, I don't want it to leak while I travel, so we may want to change my bandages. We also yeah. don't want it to get infected. Well, I suppose I know. We have seen verse. Yeah, okay. We will do that. And then, yeah, we will go there. Okay. Plan. Okay. I like. <laughs> okay. 
As long as you promise not to get hit in the head again. I'd make no such promise, Fraulein. It may well happen, and probably will. My head has taken many contusions, and I'm sure we'll see worse in the days ahead. Don't worry. I have kept all of my brains inside where they belong. <laughs> Good. Okay, so we'll move the camera a bit, and we'll actually dial the clock back just slightly during the day. And uh, we're going to put Miss Lane and Mr. Forsyth in front of the scoop, say about just after midday. Uh, you managed, after resting and recuperating for that night in the hotel, you managed to get in front of uh, the scoop about midday or so because you're hoping to catch up with Mickey Mahoney. All right, Mr. Forsyth, should we go inside and see what we can dig up about the Penhu Foundation? After you, Miss Lane. Is that because you don't want me behind you? I mean, no. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's proper for a man to let a oh, woman in first. That's, that's true. You're you're so <laughs> right. You are such a gentleman. All right, are so you, I, are you going to open the door, Forsyth? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, I go and I open the door and I just let myself through and let the door shut behind me. So. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I hold it open for Lonnie. I, I mean, contemplate going to a bar. Yeah. <laughs> well. No. Can't do it. So I, we go and I obviously we we go inside and we go right to uh, Mickey Mahoney's office to see if he's in there. Yeah. No. Absolutely. You see him still furiously working and uh, chomping on his cigar. Was the uh, as the bullpen of reporters do their best to coax the most salacious pieces of news out of uh, London's underbelly so that they can print it and make a few more uh, shillings. Oh, Miss Lane, come in, come in. Mr. Mahoney, it's nice to see you again. Well, it is nice to be seen. He uh, stands up and shakes uh, Lawrence's hand. Please take a seat. Thank you. I sit down. What uh, What can I help you with today? What, what brings you back by? Well, I just came by to tell you we, you know, really appreciate you letting us um, come in and look at your files last time and kind of giving us the uh, the insight of where Jackson was the the weeks leading up to his death. Sure. Um, sure. So, and we went and investigated, and um, oh. but you know, actually came upon some interesting things. So, really? I just you know wanted to let you know, and I was kind of hoping you could help us out again with your. Uh, you seem to have some vast resources and information. <laughs> vast resources. He uh, stares around the, you know, mostly second-rate office, but uh, he chomps down on the cigar and gives it a good puff. I have my fingers in a few things. What what can I help the uh, illustrious Miss Lane with today? We were hoping that you could maybe share your your thoughts or information uh, regarding the Penhu Foundation. Penhu. Um, he taps on his head a bit with his fingers. Yeah, yeah. They're, uh, they're, uh, antiquities folks, right? Yeah. Yeah, Tottenham Court Road, right? Yep. Yes. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard of him. Sure. Um, what do I know about him? Well, they, they deal in a bunch of dusty artifacts mostly, but I do know that, um, that they have, uh, they have a, they do do a bit of business out in Egypt as far as uh, expeditions and whatnot. Really? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you think that your your archives would have any information on them and, you know, maybe some um, expeditions they might have assisted in or, you know, um, artifacts they might have brought back from expeditions? Is hmm. anything in, the, in, in any of the papers or documents? I don't. I don't know that um, we've ever printed a story about them. To be perfectly honest, we don't do a lot of scholarly reports. But mm -hmm. everything we might have printed, he stands up. Uh, it'd be over here. He walks to the far area where some of the, the filing cabinets are and pulls out the file. And you see him rifle through paper after paper after paper, and he pulls something out. It's a yellowed sheet of paper, and you see that it's got an older date on it must be from five six years ago well last time we covered anything close to the foundation would have been 
well, because of Sir Aubrey, who was attached to this Carlisle expedition. And the reason why we would have covered it was because of Roger Carlisle. I mean, he's he's notorious, or, or was, uh, a few years ago. Right, right, right. Um, do you do you have the articles where you um, talked about the Carlisle expedition? We we have a great interest in that. Yeah, they're right here. He he hands you a a, a paper. Great. Um, thank you. I guess that maybe Lawrence and I can go find a a separate table to go sit down and look at this article. Yeah, absolutely. He, I mean, more than welcomes you to one of his tables. I go sit down at one of the tables and start, you know, kind of pouring over the article. There's really two articles here that you get a good bit of information on. One you've already seen among some of the paperwork that it looks like it's almost a, not a reprint per se, of some of the wire stories that went out. But it is a print of um, a, a story about Sir Aubrey being attached to this Carlisle expedition. And they talk quite a bit about Roger Carlyle and his philanthropic, in, air, in in quotations actually, his philanthropic methods around London uh, are turning heads because he's going to, um, you know, clubs and he's going to parties and he's preparing for this wondrous trip to Egypt and he's tapped this Sir Aubrey Penhue to be a leading figure in this expedition to help him uncover some amazing things in uh, in Egypt. And then there's another article that talks about the Carlisle expedition having uh, met a, just a grisly end. You've seen that story or a similar story before in some of the paperwork that uh, or the clues and whatnot that Jack and Maeve and the rest of them had collected before. Uh, it, it appears they're very much like some of the articles that Jackson Elias had uh, in room 410. One of the articles, though, that you get is that covers a bit of what it looks like the foundation does in Egypt. Uh, it seems like they're they're sponsoring up to 20 different digs in Egypt. Hmm. And, and 10 of these have happened since Sir Aubrey's untimely death. Really? They must be looking for something in Egypt. And what makes it salacious and what makes it quote-unquote scoop material is that at a number of these digs, people have died. And they and keep couple, having them. A oh. couple of these deaths, Miss Lane, are suicides or called suicides. Do they have any names of these people that, you know, of the individuals that passed away or... No, the names are being withheld because of religious reason by the locals, but it does seem that to, it does seem to be fairly uh, well salacious. As in locals, as in Egypt, or locals, mm -hmm. as, okay, yeah, Egyptians, okay, the, the I, Egyptian authorities. I, I didn't know if there were any locals like in London that were named in the article that might have assisted in these expeditions since Sir Aubrey is no longer with us. Does it talk anything about the artifacts or anything, or what they might be looking for? It just says that they seem to have caught the Egyptian craze uh, that uh, that has filtered up in the past few years, and they're trying to do their best to get to the riches of Egypt before uh, they're uh, you know squandered by uh, the local Egyptian populace who will sell them in the market without knowing what they are. That that's the reason why the foundation is trying to bring them back to England, and that's for safekeeping. I'm sure that's what they're telling everybody go and I, I take the paper back to uh, I, I took notes while I was doing this, um, while I was reading the article so I could share it with the group um, later, but um, I, I take the, the papers back to Mickey Mahoney. Just out of curiosity before she takes them back, I assume that part of what they're doing when they sponsor the digs is getting relics back? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Shades of the Juju house. I look at Lawrence, Mr. Forsyth. Are we still, Forsyth and I are still alone, right? For the most part? Yeah, for the most part. I would think, okay. this thing, given the fact that you've nearly killed the man, you could probably use his first name. Oh, that's true. <laughs> he doesn't know that, though. Oh, um, sorry. <laughs> uh, Lawrence, I, I, I want to tell you something. I received a telegram from Carlton Ramsey after we got back to London. So apparently the Juju house um, was burned down 
uh, they don't know who did it and there's an investigation underway now as far as i know when we left the juju house it was still standing so yeah as far as you know <laughs> as far as i know so hopefully we do they don't you know point it at us but my assumption is that it was the uh the cult that did it to cover their tracks i i thought i'd share that with you do you, do you have any thoughts on that no, <laughs> none worth none worth speaking out loud. <laughs> Can we please not talk about this here, Miss Lane? <laughs> We're alone. I didn't like yell it across the room, but no. Okay, so I go and uh, I, I take the paper back to Mickey Mahoney. Oh, thank you, Miss Lane. Uh, is there anything else I can get you? I, uh, would you be so kind as to sit and uh, have an interview with the scoop, given uh, what you've been able to see our. Uh, value is sure i i would be happy to sit down and um, d- discuss some of our investigation um In- investigation i mean really? i mean i'm sorry we were looking into um just some interesting uh interesting happenings in, in the countryside <laughs> or his pencil manifests from behind his ear into his hand and you see the <laughs> a pad of paper come up almost immediately. It's like, almost if he's like magical quick drawed them. And he <laughs> says, uh, if there's a, if there's an investigation, are you, uh, are you following up on the uh, Carlisle expedition for any specific reason? I look over at Mr. Forsyth, <laughs> give him the look, but of course he's not going to help me out. He's going to let me drown in this. I'm sure. Our friend, Mr. Elias, asked us to do some investigation into it for purposes of his last book which he was which he was in the process of writing when he uh, passed away and that that last book was about the car it was about the Carlisle expedition I believe that was a portion of it I'm not a hundred percent sure oh that's fine it's fine good enough for me he writes a few things down. It was uh, one of his last requests, and we felt hmm. it would be uh, it would be a good gesture of our friendship to uh, honor his request. Sure, sure. And as I remember correctly, Miss Lane, you said that you and Mr. Elias had a had a relationship of sorts. Yes, a, a friendship that is that, that is correct. Mm. Yes, yes. Mm. <laughs> you write a few more oh, things down. I can only imagine what's going to come out in the scoop. <laughs> well, you both have been wonderful. Um, if if there's anything else that uh, good old Mickey Mahoney can do, you let me know. We absolutely will, Mister Mahoney. Yes, thank you so much. Alrighty, and so you two, time wise, will arrive back at the hotel just about when the conversation between Maven and, uh, and Sigmund wraps up. So, Simon, we should probably get to what your machinations are now being back in London. Sure. Um, So I, I feel a certain amount of guilt for the uh, owner of this vehicle that we borrowed, considering I'm I'm imagining on the trip back, it's taken a bit of a beating. So um, I will take the time when I get back into town um, to kind of go over the, the car and assess not only the damages, but like what parts I think would be, necessary to fix it and i'll just kind of make a list sure before i bring it back to the the garage or the carport or wherever we got it from because i i can't wait to see the look on that guy's face should i assume then that you are doing your level best to clean the car and to get it yeah they have they have service stations that would be more than willing to to go through and get you up to uh, the proper level uh, for a car such as that Uh, it does cost you a little bit in regards to that for them to either assist you in doing it or to well so i'm not going to repair it for them what what my plan was like i was going to get it cleaned right so i was going to find a place to get a hose and make sure that i wipe everything down and at least make it presentable and then take it there in its current state of repair and then i was going to barter with the person a bit um, (laughs) regarding the the details of you know the damages and sure but basically, I wanted to uh, provide them with the list and then offer them 
my services in repairing it in exchange for just kind of keeping the matter relatively quiet. Oh, yeah. No, as long as you're willing to pay a reasonable price, the gentleman that takes the car in, kind of the service person who takes the car in for you to get it checked back in, is willing to, for the for a reasonable fee, to make sure that the car is attended to and that management doesn't under, doesn't come to the understanding that something's happened with the car. Okay. Thus ensuring it does not get reported back to Miss uh, yeah. Lane. Sure. Okay. If you'd like, you could make a roll for that. Sure. What does that fall so, into? That... Well, it's probably going to be a social skill. Okay. So I would imagine that it would be either charm or fast talk, potentially. Although, depending upon the way you would navigate it socially, you, I'd probably even take persuade. Really, it would depend. Like you're not, you're not, you're being, you're not being intimidating. I know that. No. So really what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to set this person up because I, I, there are some things that I want to ask them outside of this context. So really I'm trying to get a read on what, what they seem to kind of respond to. Like if the person I'm bringing it into is already willing to kind of not pass that information upstairs I guess I can go with persuade. Sure. Sure. I'm not very good at any of these. Yeah, that's a failure. 50 out of 10. So you can, if you want, you can push that roll. It'd be, be fairly tough uh, uh, sliding there, but you're, no, you're okay. welcome to that. I, I don't imagine you're going to spend that many points of luck on this roll. No. So in your method of persuasion, what what basically happens is is they tell you, they give you a price that they're willing to take for uh, to keep things under wraps okay and what is that price uh it's it's essentially uh, it's five it's five pounds sterling good my possessions I know I have money somewhere there it is I will spend some money you spend some money oof okay they go through and list the after looking at it, the extensive part list that they're going to need to correct the damage that's been done. Does it match up with mine? It does for the most part. Okay. Yeah, I'll let them know that I will be back to fix it up in probably a little later in the day uh, because I have to rendezvous with my uh, the renter. Yeah, absolutely. You probably want to go see her. Yeah, they take the car back in. He takes your money happily. And as soon as I'm out of there, I'm actually not going to go rendezvous. What time of day is it, though? Uh, it's a little bit, for you, it's a little bit before midday. Okay. Now, I personally don't know a lot about what the typical like, chimney sweep schedule is. Like, whether they work days, nights, or whether there's like a kind of a chimney day. Um, I don't know if it's like... I imagine that these building owners have to hire them to come and, and clean their chimneys. Um, and it's not like a daily occurrence. So I guess I don't know if there's like a chimney sweeps. I mean, I know they're not unionized because they're using like child labor. But right. <laughs> um, where do they hang out? Like well, where's, um, the, where's like the labor go? I want to I preface this by making sure you're not trying to turn this into Fiddler on the Roof. Um, I make no guarantees. Okay. I may burst into song, but not All today. Right. I just, we can't have a musical number right now. But, never mind. Maybe in a bit. Okay. Realistically, that area of London is very well taken care of, right? So uh, the Penny Foundation building itself is in a really well, well-to-do neighborhood, right? It's central London on Tottenham Court Road. So it's a high Victorian building as well. So yes, it's got a bunch of, of uh, chimneys and whatnot that probably do need sweeping. And you've been to the area. So you would probably have to go to, because everything is local, you would probably have to go into the area and try to get into your ground game a little bit and find out who does that there 
and then find out more about it from there. Right. Like whether it's a private business or whether there's some right. sort of like local service that does it. So, um, that is what I will be attempting to dig into. I think I could probably go to a phone box and check the listings, um, for the area maybe. Yeah. I mean, I think that's reasonable. You can go to the phone box and check. And at least see if there's any prominent kind of groups or guilds that are running around cleaning chimneys that would be working in that area, I guess. So if I, I guess if I could find a list of them, my cross-reference that with, you know, the distance to the pen hue, narrow down my search and then hit the ground. Sure. I mean, it doesn't take you probably too long to get into the area and to find boys that are what they would call climbing boys. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they're apprenticed to a, a master sweep who was, as an adult, is too big, basically, to, to get into a chimney or a flue. And you're probably looking for... Tell you what, give me an idea roll. Sure. You have a rolled idea. It's education. Education is idea. Oh, okay. Uh, hard success, 19 over 85. So you walk the neighborhood for a little bit and you get the idea that the place you really want to go, most likely, is you want to go to the church because the local parish is probably the one that serves as the font so that way they can corral the young, you know, scrapping children and then get money as, you know, to pay for their tithe and whatnot. And so they probably manage the orphanages and whatnot. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. They would have all of the quote unquote labor. Sure. Uh, yeah, I think that sounds like a great idea. I love churches. You do. You do. Um, yeah, health and safety be damned. Let's go stick a bunch of young kids up chimneys, right? Gotta make a living somehow. Yeah. Yeah, there are. I don't know that, by the way. I think it's awful. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So you go to a local parish. Uh, there are several churches in the area. Um, but uh, finding one, finding a, a church that has the associated orphanage nearby uh, probably takes you the better part of two or three hours just to do the walking after getting the car in. Yep, I look for the dirty boys. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, they're not too difficult to find because um, by, you know, roughly speaking at this point, it's probably into early afternoon. A lot of their original work for the day is probably done. Uh, and you do find a collection of uh, dirty children hanging out near uh, an alley uh, next to a church. Okay. Um, I will stroll up to the group. I will uh, appear as non-threatening as possible. And when a couple of them turn, then the rest of them kind of turn towards you. One of the taller boys, by taller I mean maybe, you know, he's he's maybe four and a half, maybe five foot. If he's, if he puts, you know, puts it on his tiptoes, he's a rail thin and, uh, and dressed in pretty, he's not as shoddy as the rest of the younger boys here. Uh, it looks like he's got halfway decent shoes. Uh, he's got uh, shoes. He's got shoes. Yep. He steps out in front of them. What do you want? I take it. You are in charge here. I'm as close to in charge as it gets. Uh, my name is uh, Simone. I just uh, wanted to come over and uh, perhaps talk to some professionals such as yourself regarding your uh, your work. Hmm. Yeah, it's a dirty life, but uh, it keeps me fed. Just me, I understand. Uh, the uh, suffering that one must endure in order to survive in this world. Um, I'm, I'm assuming there's probably like stuff around. So I'm going to find a place to squat. Yeah. If there's like a, yeah, there's, there's definitely, there's definitely stuff around. And when you kind of squat down a little bit or you find a, a crate or a box or whatnot to, uh, to hang out on you, the group of boys, not that they, they encircle you, but they do kind of, they get around you a little bit. Um, they find, your uh, your accoutrement a little interesting. I'll let my I'll let my coat kind of fall open so they can see the harness, but not see what it's carrying. Right. So uh, 
if you don't mind, uh, perhaps we can have an exchange of ideas and I can provide you with perhaps something to uh, make eating a bit easier tomorrow and the day after. Mm. I'm listening. Do you, uh, any of you boys, uh, perhaps uh, know someone who uh, handles the, uh, what does, what's the name of that um, accounting firm that has the building next door? Hawthorne and Associates. That uh, perhaps handle the uh, Hawthorne building or those in the area? Hawthorne, yeah. Old man's cheap, but uh, he's good for work. So you know him? Well, he kind of leans in a bit. We're not, we're not friends, you know, friends and personally, but I've done work for him. And what about the uh, building next door, the gated one? Uh, I'll look yeah. at them like I don't have any idea what I'm talking about. Uh, the foundation building, Penhues, huh? Uh, perhaps that's what it's called, yes, the museum. Mm, yeah. Well, quite a building. Never been in uh, their flues, though. I look at the uh, the rest of the crew here. Do any of them look like they have any sense of recognition? or? Yeah, it looks like one of the smaller kids seems to be looking he's he's not looking over your garb he's looking at you mm-hmm. he seems to be paying attention to what you're saying perhaps you uh, I do not know your name but uh, perhaps you've been in there this one he uh, the older boy jabs at him we just call him Tad short for Tadpole because he's so small that would make you very talented at what you do know he keeps me fed you hear him say I've done Penhues once or twice. I'll look at Ted and uh, this taller kid. Mm-hmm. Perhaps uh, some of your other friends can give uh, me and you and Ted a bit of privacy. He looks around the group and... Go on. Scram. The rest of the kids knock off. And then when Tad tries to step away, you see uh, the older boy kind of grabs him by the collar and sits him back down. You're not in trouble. Nobody's in trouble, right? No, 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 not far from it. Look, I have a uh, special interest in uh, perhaps what is going on there, and I don't mean to inconvenience you boys at all. I'll actually take a couple of pounds, like, out of my pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, they get real interested. And I will, you know, kind of... I'll kind of flip it in my hand a little bit. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a bit of a dance. I promise, no matter what you tell me, this will be yours. But if there is uh, certain things you can share with me, there's more where this came from. And I'll kind of hold it out, palm down, in kind of a handshake. And again, I'll kind of like open myself a bit, uh, my posture. See, um, step forward a bit. I've, um, I can help you. He reaches out and kind of grabs for the, the pound. I, I wrap up his hand a bit. Um, I hold it there for a second. You you realize something when you when you wrap up his hand to hold the, the the coin there. You realize that Tad has incredibly strong fingers. I'll smile at him. Then you have seen the uh, the event in the back area, yeah. yeah. I've seen it, yeah. I'll let my hand go. I cleaned the place a couple of times, just well. Because we were in the area and the father was able to get us in there. This was, I don't know, last summer. It's a big place. It's bigger than, well, it's bigger than I thought. There's a basement. But every time I tried to do what I thought we were supposed to do, the staff there kept banging on the the bricks, trying to get us to stay out of the basement. When everything has to start from the ground up, that's how you clean. I'll just, I'll I'll nod. I got into the basement finally, and I was cleaning my way up, and a couple of older gents came in, and they dropped off some kind of crate there. I think it had a sarcophagus in it. You know, one of those bummy things. Does that kill you, indeed? What else did you see? I will attempt to wow them a bit with uh, some sleight of hand, and I will get another pound to appear in the other hand with a success 43 over 53 you get definitely some uh, appreciative ooze from 
Tad and his compatriot. Although the older boy's a little a little less impressed, you can tell that it's still a fairly impressive trick. I'll look at the older boy. And you uh, you said you have Wexy building next door? Yeah, Hawthorns. I've worked it. You don't perhaps know when they are uh, going to require your services again? Well, it's been a couple of weeks. Maybe, uh, maybe a few days. You want to get in there? I would love to assist you in, uh, in performing your job. It would require me to, uh, be appropriately dressed and, uh, have the necessary equipment. If there's, like, anything scattered around, I'll gesture to it. Oh, you're not going to fit in those flues. Oh, no, I, I expect I would be there to, uh, hold the rope, as it were, perform necessary extractions if, uh, God forbid, one of you was stuck. Well, uh, it might work. I will offer him the other pound that I was holding. Yeah, he snaps it up. Although he's quite frankly a little more gentle about it. He seems like <laughs> it seems like a kid who understands a little bit more about the way the world works at this level. Mm. And so he doesn't he's not as quick as Tad is. He more knows that it's coming and he just kind of patiently accepts it when you give it to him. I'll look between the two of them. Have they has Tad calmed down at all? A bit, yeah. Would it be safe for me to assume that you can read? Oh, I can read. I will scribble out the um, not the ho- not the the Waldorf or whatever the hotel that um, that they were staying at, but the one that right. I had on the docks, um, where the rest of my stuff is. Oh, the place in Limehouse. Yeah, because it's been it's been how many days now? Six days, something like that. Yep. Get a message to me here when uh, you believe that the job is going to happen. And, uh, bring along some work appropriate attire for me. Not a problem. Tad, it has been a pleasure. The same offer stands for you if you uh, find yourself being asked to return to Penhue. I would ask that you let me know. I gotta tell you, mister, we didn't have such a good... Uh... Well, it didn't end well. Oh. There was something that uh, that happened. Dude. Yeah, the uh, the gents there that were working, unloading crates and, and whatnot, they came with this big truck, and I was still covered in soot, and I got in the way. And, well, I, I caused them to dump one of those crates. It, it smashed and fell all over the floor outside, and I nearly... It lost my head. Well, I'm glad that uh, you escaped uninjured. What did you see on the ground? Why were they so upset? I don't know. It was just a bunch of old pots. It was like a farmer's market with all this... I don't know. It was weird. It was... It looked like that... um, Well, it looked like that Egyptian stuff. You know, that they've had at the museum. I'll nod. But you boys have been... uh... Very helpful. I would hope that we can keep this conversation between us. Mm, yeah, of course. They uh, kind of lovingly grab onto the money that you've given them. Looking out past them, can I still see, like, are the rest of them in, like, eyeball range? Oh, yeah. They don't let them, uh, they don't let their compatriots out of their sight. I will make sure I, I make eye contact with them, but uh, yeah, I'm not going to say anything. All right, fair enough. You know where to find me, and I make my exit. Returning to the hotel to see your uh, compatriots? Yes. So we'll bring it back towards uh, dinner time or supper time, depending upon where you're listening to us at. Miss Lane and Mr. Forsyth have returned from their stop at the scoop, and um, and you would find Sigmund uh, resting comfortably, probably having wrapped up some of his conversations with uh, Miss O'Shea. So you are all joined again, minus one Jack Doyle, who, uh, as it seems, uh, has left a note that he is off to uh, do some investigation at the British Museum. He's uh, He did mention looking into uh, North Africa uh, and, uh, and some of the uh, Egyptian clues. So he was going to go to the museum today. He has not been. He's not back yet. Are we all in Sigmund's room? 
Yeah, I would assume that uh, you would you would probably check in on the doctor. Sure. Uh, doctor, how are you feeling? Much better. Thank you. Concern. I still have headaches and some occasional dizziness, but that is expected with what I went through. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're feeling better. You gave us quite a scare. Well, it was it was kind of a scary situation, so, you know. But I am feeling better and better every day, and I am making plans to do some investigating of my own. Well, Ian Miss O'Shea Great. Uh, seems like she's been taking good care of you, and so, but but if you need anything else and she's not around or just need anything at all, please let me know. I'd, I'd be happy to help. Of course, Miss Lane. And you, Lillian, you may, of course, anytime that you wish to speak, you may, if you wish to talk. Well, I, I appreciate that. And I'm sure I could always use some, some time to sit down and, and, and chat. So tell me, what did you and Mr. Forsyth find? Mickey Mahoney is still at the scoop and still as charming as ever. We did, uh, well, actually, Mr. Mahoney um, found an article regarding the Penu Foundation for us. Um, they actually help sponsor, well, help sponsor the Carlisle Expedition and many other other expeditions as well, all to Egypt. Obviously, they, they do it in the name of they want to protect the historical artifacts and relics in Egypt from the populace, selling them in the market without knowing their value. Hmm. So that's why they are they're doing these expeditions to bring these items back to to London and put them in their muse their museum. I don't know if I entirely agree with that. It would seem to me that the best way to do that would be to build museums where the items come from. The items come from right. that. I, I, if they could educate the, the the population or the you know the, the the people there, I'm sure they you know, I'm sure there are you know Egyptians that are scholars that they could you know educate about the the what these items are worth historically. However. My initial thought after seeing that they've done 10 expeditions since Sir Aubrey died on the Carlisle expedition is that they're looking for something specific and they just haven't found it yet. That does seem to be, does seem to point they're looking for something more specific than in general. Perhaps there is more to the Penhill Foundation than we originally thought. And that's when... Simone walks in the room. Yeah, I would have stopped at the other hotel to make sure everything was settled out there and changed clothes and finally got out of my traveling gear. How does the doctor look uh, when we walk in? He's still bandaged. He's sitting up in bed. He has a tray of food, which appears to have been pretty healthily eaten. And uh, he's looking better and better. In fact, doctor... Yeah. Um, the Hand of Fate is swinging your way this evening, so I'd like you to regain an additional two hit points. Aww. Aww, the Hand of Fate has been in vain to make me healthier. Oh, that's just fantastic. Lucky you. Aww. Thank you, Hand of Fate. Don't sound bitter or anything. Me, <laughs> Well, I'm actually feeling quite well. Um, it, I guess it is my destiny. That was my destiny to live through this. I do still occasionally see two uh, doubles, I think is the word. Uh, uh, halos of light, but that is to be expected with a major concussion. And I'm glad you are recovering well. Uh, yes, yeah. Maeve has taken very good Um, I know that there is much business that... Uh, you all want to attend to while in London, so uh, I think we can put a lot of the uh, pleasantries aside and get down to work now. Yeah. How was your day? How did um, how was your investigation for today? There are a few matters of uh, expense that we will need to address, but uh, 
it is my intent to spend some time uh, watching this Penyu Foundation from a secure distance and uh, get a better idea of uh, who and what we are dealing with, where they go, who they are, and it's going to take some time. We don't necessarily know what they are protecting in there, but we know that they are well organized. We know that they are uh, very private and they have a special interest in Egyptian artifacts. I'm wondering if there's perhaps a ulterior motive that they have. I cannot say I would be assuming, and I do not like to make assumptions. I raised my uh, I raised my eyebrow at, at the doctor, seeing as we were just talking about that. <laughs> also, did I find anything out about statue thing? Well, you haven't really rolled yet, so want me to roll. Um, it depends on what what type of information you're looking for. Well, I'm looking in uh, People of the Monolith to see if there's anything that is either described that way, looks similar. Okay. So you'd make a Cahoot Mythos roll, and you would add in the People of the Monolith bonus. Mike, since it's been yeah. uh, in my room for the last couple of days, can I also have read the People of the Monolith? <laughs> Uh, not exactly. It takes a little bit longer than that. Okay. Um, while, while it is not a long tome, it does take a little bit of time to, uh, to, to, to fully absorb it. Right. So like skimming it is one thing, but sure. actually fully absorbing it is another. And that could be super, super dangerous. Sure. Sure. 18 out of 34. Yeah, so I'll tell you what I will do, actually. 18 out of 34. So here's what I'm going to do for you, Miss O'Shea. I am going to play your hand of fate in favor for this episode now. I got a favorable hand of fate? You got a positive hand, a thumbs up hand of fate. Yes. I'm doing the little heart hand emoji for whoever did that for me. Lucky you (laughs) all. The uh, the backer who gave you that hand of fate in favor knows who they are, and I won't I won't mention them now, or ever, because I like the anonymity of it. I um, do but you come to realize that what these idols are uh, is somewhat described in one of the staves, one of the poems here within uh, within the people of the monolith, and the poems, of course, are not from a healthy mind, right. It talks very deeply about humanity being inexorably doomed, either from our own vices or from weaknesses vis-a-vis the the true masters of the world. These fragments or signs of these once mighty beings can be found. And so what it references here in these uh, that correlates directly to the idols is that the people, the the tiny people here that, that are on every single face of it at the bottom our humanity. And as these images, and I, I sent you the, uh, the picture of these objects, as they get closer and closer to the top, you realize that the objects, the things at the top are not humans at all. They're actually uh, bent and curved forms of things that once might have been human, but are now not. And it shows moreover the, well, the, the pyramid of who's truly on top. So the pyramid of who's on top, like as in like not humans, gods chain. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Right. Like more like a food chain or like a. Yeah. And, and as you come to like that worships that, up to the top, basically. Yeah. And as you come to that revelation, that food chain revelation, you actually invert one of the stones as you're looking at it and you realize that if you invert it the objects appear as if the quote-unquote beings at the top are actually consuming the beings at the bottom fun do i have any reference of where i think this came from i mean i know you said like the you know, first man, men or things like that. But do I have like a region? Do I have like, did it come from here? 
You know, as as far as regions, you get a few lines here. You get, they say, foul beings of old times still lurk in forgotten corners of the world. Okay. So in all corners? In dark and forgotten corners of the world. Yes, they, uh, they lift colossal wings on high gable roofs, which tremble to the trample of their mastodonic hooves. I mean, maybe. <laughs> so, uh, Madame was Elaine uh, could be have a candid conversation about finances. I sit down. I raise my eyebrow at him, and I sit down as well. Absolutely, Simone. This expedition is going to require uh, continued resources, and I am genuinely curious as to, one, where are the finances coming from, and two... How long do you expect to keep our efforts quiet? Because it's uh, relatively impossible to spend exuberant money without calling attention to yourself. I start laughing. Yeah, yeah. I, I looked over, I glance over at Lawrence. Actually, our expedition and investigation is being funded by the estate of Jackson Elias. And I expect it'll be public tomorrow. <laughs> Read all about it in the scoop. <laughs> Nobody believes that. While my funds have been used to procure certain things, like the rooms on the ship and stuff like that, most of our funds have come from Carlton Ramsey, who is uh, who was Jackson Elias's lawyer. That's why. Do you do you need money? Well, the question is uh, not necessarily whether I need money. If you have to continue to have uh, money made available, um, I'm unaware as to what you have on hand or whether you are... uh, I do not necessarily know uh, what methods you are using to procure funds from the estate. I mean, in reality, we should probably wire uh, Mr. Ramsey and ask for some additional funds. Um, Because while I don't mind using my my own money um i'm as far as my family is concerned that i'm just traipsing a little you know around the world like a uh, like a good daddy's little rich girl would do but we should wire mr ramsey and ask him for some additional funds because we will inevitably need that on our travels while i am not necessarily concerned with how you spend your money um my concern is that uh we are spending it, and as we get closer to whatever it is we are searching for, um, it will become easier for uh, curious parties to find out what we are up to. I'm not sure how they're going to trace anything back to us via money, but... I will drop the invoice for the car like on the table and kind of slide it over. So while something like so like something like this would uh, uh-huh. generally go unnoticed or taken for granted, someone like me who was looking into something that we were doing, things like this or the uh, the carport manager that we were that I had to speak to, uh, these trails are not necessarily hard to follow. The reason I bring this up is because if we are to request resources, we may want to. Uh, Provide a safe cover for whatever our efforts are. So if you are indeed traipsing around the country and uh, living in the lap of luxury in this hotel, I'll kind of gesture around the room. As far as anybody knows is that I'm who I am and you are all my guests. Um, and Jack is a business associate. Um, Lawrence is my bodyguard and babysitter. Yeah, It's, you know, you... You you can be one of my you know it's it's however we portray ourselves to to be most of the time we're like we were on the ship I I referred to the the group as my they they were my associates or compatriots and and nobody thought anything of it because it's not an it's not unusual for somebody of my station to have people that I buy to be my friends I mean so it's just kind of is that not the same the same clues in which uh, I'll point to Forsyth? He ended up disappearing mysteriously, and uh, there were encounters with mysterious people. 
Oh, yes. So I guess what I'm saying is, while that may be what you are trying to uh, convey, I don't know that uh, that Caver is going to hold up if we continue in the path that we have. Then maybe we need a new cover. Maybe we need to, instead of staying in, in hotels like this, find something a little less flashy. I believe we are understanding each other. The only problem is, unfortunately, Miss Lane is not unknown, and people will notice when she suddenly starts hanging out in hotels in seedier parts of town. You would be surprised exactly uh, how much people will overlook when others are dressed differently or carry themselves differently. I, I think there are certain parts of town that will... I, I think I can myself... Uh, under the radar. Oh, well, the radar is not a word at the point, but you know. <laughs> Whether you wish to continue carrying yourself as a uh, debutante or uh, give yourself a bit more uh, cover. I, I will do whatever is best for the group because that's, you know, that the, the, we are a team. That's It's not all about me or or you or, or Jack or... Nonetheless, or, uh, these are things I think we will need. I will hand over a list of miscellaneous stuff with my estimated prices for them. And it's kind of like things like rope, fishing line, securing ties like metal ties or rings. It's it's a list of of gear, basically, of things that one might use to do any number of things. Like climb a chimney? Lantern oil, bag of holding, caltrips. Right. It It looks like a gardener's list. Like you don't understand... Oh, it's all very mundane stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah. I just look at it and I I will I will send a telegram to Mr. Ramsey tomorrow asking for additional funds and as I have some additional questions to ask him anyway, so will that will that be acceptable or do you need funds immediately? Well there's the matter of the car repairs that they've to be uh, paid for it's obviously these things. So how much is it going to cost for the car, say? What's what's the what's the invoice say? It was five pounds is what I paid, and then just the the random stuff that's on the list, which I haven't necessarily totaled up. I'm sorry. Um, I don't think it's appropriate for me to go pay for the car myself because trying to remain inconspic- inconspicuous, I disappear. There she goes. Poof. Um, after she leaves. I'll kind of look at the doctor. It sounded like uh, you are feeling better and ready to kind of make walking motions with my fingers. Yeah, I am feeling quite a bit better, yeah. In fact, I do have some ideas of things I want to investigate. Nothing extravagant, you don't understand. But yeah, yeah, I'm starting to Quite a bit better. So while the uh, mademoiselle contemplates uh, what approach she may want to take, um, I will be staying at a a small hotel near the docks, and I will likely be out of contact for a while. So I would ask that uh, if the group does require contact with me, I will scribble down again the place where I was staying. Okay. The doctor. I would ask that you uh, not come as a group. Of course. There is a certain level of anonymity that you need. I understand. I merely want to make sure that we are uh, being as safe as possible. I mean, I will genuinely probably look worried. Do you think we are being rude? It would not be the first time for us. But, no. It's good to know that you are being followed. First of all, Good to know where your enemies are, even if they are right behind you. Second of all, if you're being... It means you are doing things correct. But if you are being followed, it also means that uh, they know. That is something that I am hoping to avoid. I see where you're coming from, yeah. I'll just kind of settle in and wait for Lillian. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't take her long to come back. I want to take a look around the London Spiritualist Society's holdings. It is for sale, so it should not be too difficult for us to get some sort of a tour. And while there will probably be not much there, 
sometimes the smallest detail leads to the largest discovery. Yeah, maybe, but I think I understood that the place was closed. That there's nobody there anymore. At all. Yeah, neither one of you have been there, though, so... Yeah, I mean, we can check it out, but just also don't be surprised. The doctor raises an eyebrow a little bit and smiles. Uh, has stopped us in the past, Fen? Well, that's true. Yeah. Okay, sounds like uh, you two have plans for next time. Yes. Yep, I come back with the uh, the five pounds for Simone, and I hand it to him. Um, I, I will accept it graciously, and uh, for like a deep nod. Um, please uh, contemplate what we talked about, and... Um, Conceal your options. I will be out of touch for a few days. The doctor knows how to reach me. Sounds yeah. uh, sounds good. Uh, be safe. I intend to. I would ask that uh, the group stay away from Penn Hugh for the uh, until you hear back. Damn it! That's where I was going. To no, I'm kidding. <laughs> you should. I should just go there. <laughs> I leave. Well, that is where we will call it for this episode. So I want to thank all of our players and all of our backers and all of our listeners. Uh, this uh, this has been fun so far, and we will get uh, into the nitty and the gritty, as they say, of the England chapter now. So uh, have a great rest of your day or evening whenever you're listening to us, and we will see you next week. <laughs>